Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Let's have a look back at the last two months of, frankly, bizarre politics. My friends, in politics, no one is remotely indispensable. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. As Prime Minister, I have a bold plan to grow the economy through tax cuts and reform. Take the additional rate of income tax at 45%. I'm not going to cut the additional rate of tax today, Mr Speaker. I'm going to abolish it altogether. From April the 20th... Now, the British pound has fallen to its lowest level ever against the US dollar. The Bank of England announced today it will buy unlimited quantities of government bonds at a, quote, urgent pace. But this major intervention wasn't designed in haste to just restore markets, but to stop mass insolvencies that could have begun today. The government has lost control of the British economy. It was the right decision to take, and we need to continue to make sure we deliver the economic growth. When will she stop ducking responsibility, do the right thing, and reverse her kamikaze budget, which is causing so much pain? Speaker, I'm genuinely unclear about what Labour... I know the plan put forward only 10 days ago has caused a little turbulence. I get it. I get it. Uh, we are listening and have listened. We are receiving reports that the uh, Chancellor Kwasi Kwarteng has been sacked. Today, I have asked Jeremy Hunt to become the new Chancellor, and he shares my convictions and ambitions for our country. We will reverse almost all the tax measures announced in the growth plan three weeks ago. I recognise we have made mistakes. I'm sorry. Do you think Liz Truss needs to go? Uh, I'm afraid the blindingly obvious conclusion is that she must. I really shouldn't say this, but I hope all those people that put Liz Truss in number 10, I hope it was worth it, because the damage they have done to our party is extraordinary. I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. Enter the latest Prime Minister, the third of this year. Mistakes were made, and I have been elected, in part, to fix them. Chaos. That's the most commonly used word to describe British politics at the moment. Two months, three Prime Ministers. The Tory party in perpetual turmoil, with now Prime Minister Rishi Sunak promising economic stability on the one hand and warning we face a profound economic crisis on the other. 
Joining us to try and make sense of the last few months is lecturer and political commentator David McCann. Let's bring us back, David, if you can, because it's been a long three months in politics. Just how did it come about that Liz Truss became Prime Minister of the UK? And I suppose the obvious follow-up that the the listening public will be asking is, no, 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 seriously, how did this possibly happen? Okay, I think she's probably wondering that herself um, uh, now with everything that's happened. Um, Basically, you had the implosion of the Boris Johnson um, regime. You had a record number of ministerial resignations, north of 40 ministers resigning from his government. Some ministers who had only served literally as short as a day uh, resigning from his government. You had his chancellor, his health secretary walking out, mass resignations. Um, Brandon Lewis, of course, resigned too, the then Northern Ireland secretary. Um, uh, And this led to his resignation as prime minister. And of course, it was a very crowded field for the Conservative leadership, but the Johnson camp had one overriding objective, stopping Rishi Sunak, who was seen as the Chancellor of the Exchequer, who had stabbed Boris Johnson in the back. And of course, the best horse to beat him very quickly, uh, it became very quickly apparent, was Liz Truss. So a mix of supporters that she had within the party, plus uh, uh, people who backed Boris Johnson, um, uh, rode in together to basically make Liz Truss Prime Minister. So uh, her and Rishi Shinak went to a ballot of Conservative Party members and it became very quickly apparent that Liz Truss was going to beat uh, Rishi Sunak. Rishi Sunak, 60,399. Liz Truss, 81,326. Therefore, I give notice that Liz Truss is elected as the leader of the Conservative and Unionist Party. So she took 57% of the membership vote, which interestingly enough, whilst a very decent win, was actually the lowest percentage share of the vote for any uh, Conservative leader elected by the party membership since, um, uh, since they started doing these type of contests more than 20 years ago. And I think I can objectively report that Liz Truss was useless. But, may, but maybe I'm being completely unfair. Maybe she was a, a victim of circumstance. Can, can we say anything in Liz Truss's defence? She had some radical ideas. The mini-budget was an immensely radical set of proposals. That was one of the biggest tax reforms that the UK had seen in more than 40 years. Now, granted, she hadn't prepared the ground for that. She acknowledged that herself. She hadn't properly thought through the cost of doing everything at once. Um, I think she tried to emulate Margaret Thatcher, but missed the lesson that Margaret Thatcher was prime minister for 11 and a half years. So when we talk about the Thatcher reforms, Thatcher didn't do all those in the space of a month. She did them over 11 and a half years, and she probably could have learned that lesson a wee bit more. So there is something to be said for having some of the ideas, but her big, big criticism, and rightly she will be pilloried over this, was her ability and impatience to execute those ideas and ultimately to 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 bet in um, any kind of um, uh, any kind of strategy. Also, her cabinet; she only appointed supporters. She didn't appoint anyone who was a critic of her of her leadership bid and didn't really reach out to other wings of the party. So that's another uh, big tick against her. Well, it's predictable. I mean, it was. I wasn't the only one that thought it was a mistake. 
and the idea of cutting taxes on the super wealthy at a time when anyway i just think I disagreed with the policy. And she managed to, I mean, I remember I was reading, I think it was an editorial in the Financial Times and an editorial in the Morning Star, and somehow she'd united everyone to say this wasn't a good idea. So, I mean, even people, people you would have assumed to have monetarist politics, they seem to run from these reforms. Does that surprise you? Uh, No, because a, a conservative principle would be that you don't, fund tax cuts from borrowed money. You fund it from, um, you, you do it when you've got the revenue and resources to do it. And the problem with the Liz Trust plan was that she was gonna borrow huge amounts of money to fund these tax cuts. And that's what got the markets incredibly nervous. That's why you saw former Tory chancellors of the Exchequer like George Osborne, Ken Clark, Philip Hammond coming out of the woodwork to criticize her plans. Um, because again, uh, it was seen as a fundamentally unconservative thing to do. Um, and you're right, she did create some odd bedfellows in her uh, criticism of um, of her plans. Um, but again, it just goes back to making sure that everything is thought through and to make sure that everything that you do is properly um, laid out. And she and she just wasn't able to do that. And let's let's be clear, of course, you know, she was elected by a, by a tiny part of the population, by by her her party. And she had the support of many of her um, MPs. Those people knew who she was. So, again, I, I don't want to labour the point, but perhaps her talents and abilities, perhaps this all went wrong so quickly that she didn't have a chance. And w- w- when you're down, you're down. Well, yeah, but then she, she kind of missed some golden opportunities. So she becomes prime minister and a few days later, the queen dies. And when the queen dies, that is a moment for the prime minister to really kind of be the mourner in chief. You go back and think of Tony Blair when Princess Diana died only a few months into his premiership. He was only prime minister for three months when she died. And I remember him walking out to the top of Diamond Street, hugging people, and, you know, again, he coined the term the people's princess. He coined that term. He got the moment. She was the people's princess. And that's how she will stay, how she will remain in our hearts and in our memories forever. Liz Truss's speech was really, really stiff uh, for the death of the Queen. You think about the statements that Boris Johnson gave in the Commons, which was a really moving statement. Theresa May as well did a very moving um, a statement on the death of the Queen. But Liz Truss just didn't seem to really get it. And she she seemed to miss that moment um, as well. So modern politics, I don't think I don't think it really suited her. She wasn't very good at communication. She wasn't very good at actually um, you know, bringing other people um, uh, together. And she, so she kind of missed that moment too. The other big issue for her was she had some very concrete ideas about what she wanted to do, but again, no actual realistic plan of how to actually achieve those the, the, those goals. And again, surrounding herself with a bunch of yes people um, uh, and people who only backed her was, uh, was a real sign of weakness. I remember watching the live coverage uh, of when the death of the Queen was announced. And again, Liz Truss made her statement, but within minutes, I think it was in 10 minutes, I was watching BBC 24-hour coverage, Boris Johnson had this Churchillian crafted statement. And I thought, oh, there's a man 
who hasn't accepted he's no longer PM, this this man will try and make his way back. And there was no there was no doubt about it that he he, he didn't go quietly into the night. No, absolutely. And there we are, as we've seen from the most recent leadership speculation. He definitely had designs to make a return as prime minister at some point. He probably wouldn't have anticipated it being as clo- as close as it was. But no, definitely, he he. The way that he saw it was that he was removed from office. He didn't go voluntarily. Um, he um, he would have seen. He would have felt a lot of betrayal. And again, yeah, this is someone who thinks a lot about his place in history and thinks a lot about um, history itself. And again, he would have wanted to have definitely been prime minister for quite a number. Uh, more years than he was. He didn't anticipate being prime minister for just for just a wee bit longer than Theresa May was, just over three years. That wasn't something that was in the script for him at all. Um, uh, so definitely, he would have um, he would have definitely liked uh, the moment um, uh, to, to to be his. And it would have been actually very interesting had the Queen's death happened a week earlier. It would have been very interesting to see what the Conservatives would have done with that leadership contest. Would they have went ahead with it? Uh, would they have continued with it? Um, uh, because again, it would have been a very, uh, a very uh, different moment had had that happened a week later. And now we have Rishi Sunak rejected by the Tory Party themselves just a few weeks ago, and now he's the Prime Minister. Um, we've seen him about, I suppose, but how, what would you tell the the ordinary person in the street who maybe doesn't know an awful lot about Rishi Sunak? One of the things I often say is I can remember Margaret Thatcher's cabinet as if it was yesterday but now people come and go from the cabinet and there there's no big beasts left is rishi sunak a big beast what sort is he yeah well he's he's a bit like the jeffrey donaldson of the conservative party he uh, didn't get it first time round, but then gets it by by a claim the second time um he is essentially a former chancellor of the exchequer of course during covid um, led on schemes like the furlough scheme and, of course, um, was the economic response to um, to COVID. He is willing to take on popular decisions. You know, Liz Truss's campaign was, was a repudiation of his economic strategy. He did, as Chancellor, bring in the biggest tax rises that the UK had seen in more than four decades. Um, so he is willing to put up taxes. He is willing to do some unpopular things as well. Um, uh, so he will be, I think, a very austere type prime minister. He's already signaled that. He was signaling that when he was chancellor. Why does he believe that? Well, because the UK borrowed tens of billions of pounds during the COVID pandemic, and he believes that that needs to be dealt with. Um, so he will uh, very much run an austere type government. And by that, I mean, you're not going to see any big spending programs. You're going to see taxes tax tax rises that have already been announced but you may see a couple a few more on top of that uh, he's kept jeremy hunt in as chancellor um so he very much wants to run that type of government his big big task is going to be inflation and the way he's going to obviously seek to to kind of curb that is through spending restraint um and obviously trying to get energy prices down too well, spending restraint, that's a very nice way of, of putting what could well be cuts to public services, etc., and to the people who really need those services. Rishi Sunak himself is rich beyond the dreams of avarice. Um, and it's been questioned by many people, can he really comprehend the life of a normal person who has to do things like go to the shop and put petrol in their own car? Well, he, you're right. He, he is one of the, I think he is either one of the richest or the richest member of parliament um, at the minute out of the 650. Um, but 
He's going to have to get it because those are the people that, that typically elect conservatives. Um, it's typically those C2 middle class voters that vote for the Conservative Party. They were they elected Boris Johnson in uh, in 2019. They elected David Cameron as well in 2015. They they they, they gave Conservatives a majority government. So he's going to have to get it. And the big thing that he's going to have to do is get inflation down because inflation is leading to a rise in interest rates, which is adding thousands of pounds on the people's mortgages um uh, so if he really wants to do that he is going to have to find a way to get inflation down and that's uh, that's going to be his number one economic challenge because if he doesn't do that and people are paying two maybe as much as three thousand pounds more on their mortgage they're going to be a lot of very unhappy homeowners who typically vote conservative going into the next election now I know you're you're a politics lecturer, so I just want to ask you a more philosophical question. The, the 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 Tory party as is, Parliament as is, was voted in under Boris Johnson. There have been there has been chaos in the Conservative Party, as we've talked about for months now, and they're now on their third Prime Minister in in three months. Surely that's democracy being stretched to its breaking point here, and what people are prepared to tolerate. There is political legitimacy and there's constitutional legitimacy. I understand when um, uh, people say having a revolving door of prime ministers causes political legitimacy issues. But constitutionally, in a parliamentary system, it is wholly legitimate. Why? Because we have a system of party government. Uh, parliamentary systems operate on political parties, not on presidents. Um, uh, even though people do see party leaders, but it, but it's not the the way the system operates in the UK or in any parliamentary system for that matter. Um, uh, so I can understand the political legitimacy argument, but in terms of constitutional legitimacy, uh, the Conservatives were elected in 2019. They can run till 2024. Um, and ultimately, it's going to be up to the public to adjudicate on what we've seen over the last um, a few months, because at some point between now and 2024, there will be a general election and the public will have to decide uh, whether they're OK with that. If they if they aren't, they can vote out the Conservatives. And if they um, uh, are OK with it, they can give Rishi Sunak a, uh, his first elected term as, uh, as prime minister. But the public ultimately are the final adjudicators on all of this. And they will have that opportunity between now and 2024, depending on when Prime Minister Sunak depend, uh, wants to call the election. And we talked about the Conservative Party there and we've had so many leadership elections now and so many candidates. And that sh- always shows up the different factions in the party and who's with who and, and who's again who. So I suppose the obvious question is almost a cliched question at this time. Can Rishi Sunak un- unite the Conservative Party? He's trying to. Um, he is trying to. I mean, Sola Braverman as Home Secretary is definitely a reach out um, uh, he has kept uh, Chris Heaton Harris um, as the Northern Ireland Secretary. So people like that would have been um, uh, wouldn't be natural Rishi Sunak um, supporters. Um, he is is trying to make the party as inclusive within conservatism as possible. He is trying to unite the wings now. Whether that actually um, uh, whether that actually. Uh, um, uh, holds up. I don't know uh, whether he can actually keep the party together. I don't know. Um, uh, that remains to be seen because you know it's all very well and good. Whilst you know times are, uh, whilst he's new in the door, um, it's very well and good keeping things together. But if if the Conservative poll ratings continue to stay low, and if he is miles behind in the polls, 
it's going to be difficult for him to to probably sustain that because once parties learn the habits of disunity, it uh, it's very hard to shake out of. David, have you ever seen the like of of what happened over the last sixty days in Westminster? No, never. Um, not since the war has there been three prime ministers in such a short period um, of time. Um, it has been, if you, if you add up the prime ministerial resignations, the ministerial resignations, you know, having an education secretary serve for just a day, having a home secretary um, sa- uh, resign um, and then come back a week later, uh, there has never been anything like it that I've ever seen in any uh, major G7 economy uh, anywhere in the world. Well, when you look at a country like Italy, for example, I mean, the UK has a reputation of this stable and permanent type of politics. When you look at a country like Italy or Greece, for example, they have a reputation for political instability. But once you lose it a bit, it's like a bike. You know, once the bike starts wobbling, it's very, very hard to get it steadied up. And I just wonder, will British, is British politics taking a knock here? Well, yeah, I think so. If you look at when, for example, when Australia embarked upon this revolving door of prime ministers in 2010, it took them uh, nearly a decade to shake themselves out of it. Um, uh, so they went from in from 2010 to 2018. Um, uh, they went from Kevin Rudd to Julia Gillard, back to Kevin Rudd, to Tony Abbott, then to Malcolm Turnbull, then to Scott Morrison. Now they've got Anthony Albanese. Um, it is, it's a very hard lesson to, to, um, to, to get out of. Um, so they're going to have to really, the Conservative Party are going to have to really think about how they stabilize their leadership because once you, once the habits of disunity are learned, it's very hard to get rid of them. And, you know, as a, as another Australian Prime Minister, Bob Hawke famously once said, you know, if you can't govern yourselves, you can't govern the country. Um, so uh, disunity is death in politics. So just, uh, uh, just it's worth keeping that in mind. David McCann, thank you very much. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar, sound designed by Graham Davidson. The clips were from RTE, BBC, Sky, ITV, Channel 4. When you get an Irish independent digital subscription, you don't just get access to the news at your fingertips. For a limited time, you'll also receive a 75 euro O'Neill's gift card. So what are you waiting for? Get the whole kit and caboodle. Visit independent.ie forward slash subscribe today. Irish independent. Terms and conditions apply.